What is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week on the podcast in 4K Spotlight, we have one new release that we're going to discuss. Um, and then we finally have something for Through the Wall in kind of talking about a the second trailer for a movie that we're indifferent about i feel the second trailer sold me a little more on it fair fair but we'll get into that yeah um so yeah and then after that we will be getting into our breakdown this week which will finally be our discussion about a haunting in venice i feel called out when you say finally i just want to point that out well you should we we had to delay this because of you i'm sorry okay (laughs) i apologize yeah um so without further ado let's say we get rocking and rolling let's do it hey it's mikey t and grant and billy and we are the family Family Hollywood hollywood podcast and you are listening to the all bros podcast the best Movie podcast that is not us. Yeah, second best. Second Se- best. Yeah, yeah, best. They got. Don't, don't say best. They got some decent reviews. If you start lying to the audience right away, they're not going to buy nah. anything you say. I mean, uh, yeah, no. But they have awesome mediocre views on movies. Yeah, so, they're fine. They're so, fine. So keep listening for more of that. I'll never be able to get over the we have awesome mediocre reviews. <laughs> uh. Thanks, yeah. Mikey. Appreciate it. Love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. All right. Well, first up in 4K Spotlight, uh, we have one new release this week that we're going to go over. So, Rose, would you like to tell everyone about this one? I would love to. Um, so, coming out this week is the Meg 2 which I'm assuming Caleb didn't see because I didn't see either. Nope. Okay. Cause I didn't even see the first one. Neither did I. Um, I'm not, I'm not a huge like shark movie kind of guy. I've never even seen jaws. Um, Honestly, so, I haven't either. Okay. Dude, you might I, like the only, so, only other like guy that I've met that's never seen jaws. This, so this is what I've seen of jaws. I've seen a lot of the back, or behind the scenes footage of it and okay. like discussions of it. I've seen some of like the, the highlight reel moments of the film. That's it. That's all I know about jaws. Okay. I couldn't tell you the characters names or anything. I assume it just begins and ends like any other shark movie. <laughs> no, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, either everyone gets eaten and the shark survives or the shark dies. So I figure it's somewhere in that ballpark. So I don't feel the need to. I I have a big issue with like disaster movies and that kind of I throw sharks, shark movies in that that ballpark. Okay, that's fair. So what you're telling me is like you're not a fan of like the Sharknado franchise. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I'm 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 so down for like a bad movie night, like any day of the week. But Sharknado and like those super crazy like 
Sharknado esque movies don't do it for me, like even oh. a little bit. Dude, that, that's fair. I, f- I feel the same way. Um, yeah, never seen Jaws, never seen Sharknado. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, just yeah. So shark movies just don't do it for e- either of us. Yeah. Um, any disaster movie, like any weather related movie, doesn't like I freaking hate those. <laughs> Unless there's a solid story. I I really don't like them. They're out of like all the disaster movies that like I do feel I want to check out eventually. Twister is one because I still to this day have never seen Twister. Eh. Oh, it, oh, you've seen Twister? It, no, I I okay, I've seen parts of Twister. Okay, it's right. never been able to keep my attention. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's one of those horror. It's one of those uh the disaster movies. Disaster, like I said, yeah. disaster movies do not keep my attention in the slightest monster movies in general. like have a real hard time keeping my attention. Like same thing I, I had with like Godzilla versus Kong. But the only reason that I was, I got into that was because there was like combat between them. They're individual movies. I'm just like, whatever, take it or leave it. <laughs> That's fair. You know, I, I can completely understand where you're coming from that. Um, I do. Okay. I do have one disaster movie that i think you would like it's called disaster movie is that like the disaster movie parody yeah have you ever seen that i have not don't dude it's one of the worst papa roach shinedown concert yeah dude have at it yeah (laughs) hell yeah hope you have a great time sam that we appreciate you commenting yeah, um, our shit's free. You had to pay for that. Yeah, that, that that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, disaster movie. One of the worst uh, parody movies I have ever seen. Um, oh. but it's like, but yeah, you, I think it's like absolute dog shit. But yet, I'll still come back to it occasionally if I'm in the mood for a parody movie, and I have no freaking idea why. Like, I really don't. Mm. But it's one of those guilty pleasure. It movies. might be. It honestly might be. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the Meg 2, uh, the trench. Um, I don't know about you, but one, I didn't know that there were freaking dinosaurs in this movie. Dude, anything I've seen about this movie, nothing's been able to sell me about this movie. <laughs> That's and fair. this cover has done nothing. Do I feel that this cover it, it, it looks too busy, like it, way too much going on? And oh my god, does it look photoshopped? It absolutely does, but at least it's consistently looking like that. Fair. All right, I can give um, you that. Other than that, I totally agree. It is. It's way too busy. What? Well, like I think what's throwing me is you kind of have to like really focus on the shark other like if you start looking too much at everything else it's like there's too much water covering his mouth and so it like blend his it's kind of blends into the waves and then the waves are the same color as the sky so everything just kind of blends into the sky so it's so kind of like true. a weird optical illusion yeah dude so so true like you um, have to take a second look to even realize that there's a freaking T-Rex on the front <laughs> Honestly, I would prefer it if you didn't include the T-Rex, if it was just the shark opening his mouth. 
Yeah. Like I, I don't need to see what the shark is um, about to eat. Like it could be way off in the distance. I don't give a shit. I feel that would have looked a lot cooler. Dude, this is, is an odd poster. Cause like, look, just, like just are just looking at it. The nostrils kind of looked like, like, I don't know about you, but I'm someone that sees faces in random objects. Yeah, well, now I do, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, yeah, the nostrils look like eyes, and then it just looks like a big yawning mouth. Yeah, I was going to say, you just imagine the guy going, no. <laughs> Exactly. Oh shit. Oh man. Oh. This, that's exactly what I'm seeing right now. And now it's like something I can't unsee. <laughs> so same. I'm gonna are, go I'm gonna go into a store and see this and I'm just gonna be hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna be able to do now. Oh my gosh, dude. Part of me what like if I have time I'm probably I'll probably draw that shit out and <laughs> just for <laughs> shit and giggles. Yes, please. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, man. All right. So that's the 4K. Uh, next up, we got the Blu-ray, which I think this was just like the regular poster that they had for the movie. Um, so Better. Yeah, honestly, out of all these, I think this is my favorite because, you know, you got freaking Jason Statham looking badass on the front. Um, a close up of the, the shark's mouth. Looks cool. Yeah. I'm digging this. I'm digging it too. It very much looks like he's been photoshopped, like taking a picture on a green screen. True. Um, I think the the back image is just like way too clear. I think there should have been a focus on one or the other. That you know, fair. Like I would have blurred Jason a little bit personally or maybe that would have been that would have been a cool oh shit what's that 3d effect again oh lenticular yeah lenticular where it's like i don't know how well that would look though but like maybe the lenticular is like one direction it looks like jason statham's in focus and then the other one it's the shark in focus okay yeah i think that basic but i don't think it's basic it could work. Yeah. No, dude. I like that. I've never seen a lenticular do focus, though. I don't know if I have either. Actually. Yeah, that'd be an interesting one to do. But like we said, I, I like this uh, this cover a lot better than the, the other one. <laughs> uh, next up, the Best Buy exclusive Steelbook. Is that a plane? Yeah, that's a plane. I don't. I don't know. I don't it's, like this one. I I don't either. Yeah, I'm not digging it. Yeah, this this I, is an I'm odd not one. Any, yeah, and and I'm curious to see what you think of the other uh, Steelbook, which oh is boy. a Walmart exclusive. Is that a dog? Yeah, it's a dog. What the. F- <laughs> I don't like it. Not not I, not because of the the dog about to get freaking chomped. It's just 
I do not dig that cover. What yeah. were they thinking? The only good cover is the Blu-ray cover. <laughs> yeah. And that's not even great. Um, so yeah, whoever uh, was in charge of uh, designing this shit, um, I hope you improve for the Meg 3. I'm just saying. Oh my gosh, are they doing a Meg 3? I, I actually have no idea. Okay, I <laughs> really hope they don't. Um, gosh, dude, I don't even know what I would do for, for a shark movie. Like, I dislike them so much. Like, I... I don't know how to make a, a a cover like that cool. I'd probably do, uh, if if I'm like thinking off the top of my head, it'd be something like this. The it would be cl- like closed mouth though, where so it's like the shark head, and then I'd have like kind of like slightly open jaw, and then have. Jason Statham like crashed, like almost like doing like a jump spear attack onto the Meg. Okay, so yeah, that would look cool. Yeah, I I mean that's one I'd have to see to like confirm it it look cool, but <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> it's just like it's the best I can come up with off the top of my head, especially for a freaking shark movie. I don't know if I've ever seen like a decent shark cover other than maybe Jaws. You know, and that's what? only because Jaws is like super iconic. Yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. Damn. I've never seen you hate a genre of movies so much. D- Dude, disaster movies are the worst. Oh, this is funny. Yeah. Huh. I, I think I feel like we've talked about this before, though. Like it's I'm sure it, we have just for yeah, some reason. It's I'm definitely not one of our. It. It's definitely one of our like earlier episodes. Okay, but it, we have definitely talked it. about movie like genres that we like just can't stand. Okay, and it, like this, it's disaster movies, and I I throw shark movies in the mix to that. That's fair. That that that's completely fair. Um. So yeah, so that is. Uh, that is it for 4K Spotlight. Dude, you know what we don't get enough of? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I said that was it. We, I know. we don't talk anymore. <laughs> no. What we don't get enough of in terms of like these types of movies, sharks are done to death. True. But... You know what I would like to see more of? Like, giant squid. I don't hate that. I Like, I I am a big sucker for, like, I, I was recently uh, watching a clip from Pirates of the Caribbean uh, when they were getting attacked by the Kraken. I'm a sucker for a good Kraken attack. Why does that sound funny to me? <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's like sharks don't do it, but giant squids do. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think they're a bit more on the original side. I don't know. Like, I, f- I just feel sharks are overdone. It's just like, ooh, we need a wrong. scary ocean creature. What about a shark? No, what they really should be using is a dolphin because those are freaking terrifying. <laughs> mm hmm. Uh, 
I, in the Meg three, I want a dolphin to be the main villain. Turns out the Meg is actually the hero. <laughs> That's what I want in the Meg three. Oh, <laughs> uh, or one of the where the freaking like bulb fish from like Finding Nemo. Oh yeah, like a giant one of those. That'd be freaking. That'd be scary. Yeah, that'd be cool as hell though. That'd be trippy. But yeah, that's where I'm. Uh, where I'm at with friggin' disaster movies. That's fair. So I'm I'm going to just uh, speculate that uh, neither of us have any plans or interest in checking out the Meg Two or or Meg. Honestly, if I'm not going to say that, it will really depend on how slow next year is. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I feel like we we're going to hit a freaking just stale period of time where nothing's coming out because of that damn strike. Uh, yeah, that's true. That's yeah, that's a good point. Shit. Yeah, like luckily we're pretty packed um until the the new year. Okay. But once the, the new year hits, like there aren't very move, many movies off the top of my head I can like list that are coming out. Oh yeah, January is all even with the strike. January is always a dead month when it comes to movies. Yeah, so there may be a a, a period of time that we <laughs> need to like go back and hit some ones that we've missed, and Meg Two might be on that list. <laughs> well, shit. I wouldn't even know how to adjust our breakdown system for that. <laughs> yeah, you got me, man. So. We could still do story. We could still do writing and acting. Character developments out the freaking window. That's true. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, could we even like do what we did with like horror and change that to logic? I mean, I guess you could. You think? I think so. I mean, dude, I, I've never I've, I've never watched any shark movie, so I honestly do not know. Well, this is like this is just in line with like any disaster movie. That's true. I, yeah, I mean, I feel with other ones it might be a little hard, but I feel with like shark movies that probably it's a lot easier to do the lo- uh, logic with those. But like maybe like Twister shit like that, it might be a little harder. Yeah, but effects we could do, music we could do. I mean, okay, I guess the real kicker is always character development. Because that one gets shifted around a lot more than any of our other uh, categories. This is true. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, moving on over to Through the Wall. Um, we only had one new trailer released this week. Yes, as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a, tra- a second trailer for Wonka. And I got to say this one, like you said, this one sold me a lot better than the, the other one did. Yeah. Um, it felt, and you know what? It might be just because like, I'm going to sound like a dick here. Um, like, don't, I think Timothy Chalamet is a really good actor. Like he, he's, he's pretty damn good, but I felt in the first trailer, he talked a little too much um, and was 
the way that he was trying to be like so um what's the word i guess exaggerated or like um tried to project his voice so much that like it came across as kind of annoying in in the first, in the first trailer so the fact that like he not i feel in this trailer he has a lot more like serious moments and like more personal moments and so I liked <laughs> I liked his performance in this trailer more. Uh, I will fully admit the more that I watch the first trailer, it grows on me. Like I, I've come to accept the way that Timothy Chalamet is approaching his version of Willy Wonka. Um, but yeah, I I will admit that the, um, I, I did like him a little more in the second trailer. Um, and I, I'm very curious to see um, his full take on Willy Wonka because it seems. I mean, do you feel that he's channeling just Gene Wilder, or do you feel that he's channeling both Johnny Depp and Gene Wilder? I honestly think this is a healthy mix. Yeah. Okay. That's what I I'm think thinking. I think it's too. enough of Gene Wilder, a little bit of of Johnny Depp. I don't think he's diving too deep into Johnny Depp. Um. Just because I feel like Johnny Depp's a real tough character to draw from. That's fair. Um, but I do feel like there's hints of it in there. Yeah. And I think he's like also kind of making it his own. So it's a Which it's I a healthy it. it's a healthy mix of everything. Yeah. Even no, though I, this I does very much seem like it's gonna be the origin of Gene Wilder's Wonka. Yeah, it, it definitely does. Um, cause like, I remember when the first trailer came out, um, and I saw, you know, how Wonka was looking, I was like, that looks more like Johnny Depp for some reason. It looked like that to me, but then I was like, wait, no, 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 no. The, the outfit that he's wearing, like, yeah, it's not exactly how Gene Wilder's looked in the, in Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, but it's pretty damn close. I feel. And I don't know. It, it's, it's, it definitely is the origin for Gene Wilder's, not Johnny Depp's. Yeah, I think the only reason that I, I'm even getting the hints of Johnny Depp is because Gene Wilder is a very light-haired brunette, where Timothy Chalamet is very dark-haired. That's fair. Yeah. No. That, honestly, I feel the same way. Um. But no, like honestly, I yeah, th- this trailer definitely sold me a lot more. Um. Definitely enjoyed um, Timothy Chalamet's performance more in this trailer. Um, The more I see, the more I think he was a really good choice for Willy Wonka. Um, Everything that they're doing with um, like candy, chocolate, like the atmosphere of it, the making process of it is it actually looks really freaking cool. I love the at the atmosphere Um, and not only in this trailer, but it looks like what it's going to be in the movie. Um, like, especially that, like freaking like, uh, that alleyway, not alleyway, but just like that shopping center of just like all of these like, um, chocolate shops. And then there's like these, like, what is it? Like four people that are, um, that, uh, will make or break your, uh, candy company. Um, yeah, I think this is going to have a really good transition between, um, like the overarching story and those like moments of just pure magic. Cause it does look like though, like the scenes where like, I think when it jumps into like what look like musical numbers, I don't know how musical this film is going to be, but 
I do feel like there's going to be a, like a, a musical number or two. Um, I feel like those are going to be really grand and epic where the story feels very muted. And then it's eventually going to get to a point where it's like more and more magical. Yeah. And and I feel for Willy Wonka, that just makes that just makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's that's how it was with Gene Wilder's Willy Wonka. Yeah. It was very like kind of a a doom and gloom, very drab feeling environment for the first little bit, and then you enter the chocolate factory and it's just pure magic. So I I have a feeling that that's kind of the route that they're going to be taking. And I'm very excited for it. I am too. And the fact that this is, uh, the director Paddington is doing this. Um, Paddington's amazing. Right. So that (laughs) alone just sells me. Like I never saw Paddington too. Um, I, I need to do that. I I hear it's the best. Yeah. That's, that's what I hear. Um, I loved the first Paddington so much. It's, it's such a heartwarming film. Um, that like, I have a feel feeling that I'm probably going to love this movie. I'd I'd be very shocked if, if, um, this actually doesn't end up being probably not as good as the Paddington movies, but damn near close. Fair. Totally fair. Um, but I, I feel we got to point out, though, Hugh Grant as a new Palumpa. Um, I have a feeling man. he's going to make this movie, bro. <laughs> oh, shoot, same here. <laughs> he, I was not very sure about him with the first trailer, where, or at least when in the trailer that we got introduced to him. He sold me as a freaking Oompa Loompa. <laughs> damn near immediately <laughs> uh, and the, the the fact they'll they sing um they do like the classic tune but to like anything that they want to get a point across with i, I freaking love that same same <laughs> here <laughs> i i'm so sold on this i cannot wait to break that one down yeah dude, i feel I'm like that's so excited that's either going to be a major flop or it's, I think it's going to be a genuine surprise. It's uh, one or the other. I don't think there's going to be a middle ground. That's for, I really hope it's a genuine surprise. I really, really hope so. Same. Yeah. A- after the boringness that, um, or, or after seeing, uh, uh, Timothy Chalamet and Dune and for how boring that was not to his, it wasn't his fault, but, just um it was partially his fault fair um <laughs> i i definitely like seeing him in this role that you know he can he can be more um extravagant excited um like i i feel that this definitely get it sh- it gets him to showcase his acting talents a lot more so i really look forward to seeing his willy wonka in its full potential I'd like to see how far this pushes him outside of his comfort zone, like during interviews and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Because I mean, he does seem like he's a very like funny guy, but it's also kind of like, seems like dry humor is his go-to. Okay. I I haven't seen any interviews with him, but um, I I could definitely see that with him. Yeah. I want to watch more stuff with him in it where it may be, like see if there's any other movie where he's given a personality and not just 
the a very like the dry character. Yeah. That's um, I, the only movies I know I've seen him in is like one is Dune. Um, he was in Little Woman, wasn't he? He was. Okay. I did not. I did not find him very interesting in that film. I found the film itself yeah. to be amazing. Yeah. But him, I wasn't super impressed with. Um. And then I did see him. He like kind of had a, a minor appearance in Don't Look Up. Never saw that. So it's that one with Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, where they discover uh, an asteroid's going to come and like hit Earth. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I totally forgot. You did know, you, stuff- did you so watch I've, that? I only got halfway through. It's a stupid uh, movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> it made me so mad. <laughs> Don't tell Christina that because she actually really enjoyed it. She, she, uh, I told her to finish it without me, and uh, she actually really enjoyed the ending. So Don't Dude, tell Christina that. It infuriated me. <laughs> <laughs> the ending pissed me off so freaking bad. It wasn't even funny. Oh, but that is funny. <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess that that in itself is, but yeah, it, it pissed me off. And, but Timothy Chalamet and that was, was pretty de- he's, eh, somewhat decent. He's I, he's I. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully this is his true starring role and it's nothing but up from here. Fingers you crossed. Can, you can only hope. Yeah. You can only hope. Um, but yeah, so with this trailer, where's your excitement level for Wonka? I'd say I'm at an eight. An eight? Damn. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was originally at like a four. I was feeling like very, Damn. In, not like I was, I was just, I was more indifferent about the movie. It's just more like, well, if I got nothing better to do, <laughs> I'll go check Jeez. it out. Now I kind, I I do want to go see it, so I, I'm probably sitting more around like maybe like a six and a half, maybe a seven. All right, I can give you that. Yeah, but all right. Um, so unless you got anything else to add, I got nothing. Yeah, I believe we can move on to this week's headliner. Let's do it. All right. We got our spooky atmosphere activated. I love it. Even though this movie wasn't nearly as scary as I thought it was going to be. That's fair. Yeah. I, I expected a lot more jump scares, honestly. I did, too. I'm surprised that we didn't get as as many as. Uh, I don't know. I thought we, I thought we were going to get more. Yeah. Um, on Kenneth Branagh. Yes. But first, uh, we did ask a question of the week um, and we did get a, uh, a couple responses to that i i 
didn't check YouTube, but I know we got a couple on TikTok. And there's a couple from a few weeks ago when we were supposed to break down this movie, um, but didn't. My bad. Yeah, so uh, let me pull that up. All right, doesn't look like we got any on YouTube, at least for that week. Let me see if I can find the week that we were supposed to break this down. Uh, nothing on that one either. <laughs> uh, let's see, on TikTok for the week that we were supposed to do this, um, we have... Huh. Uh, we have, uh, t- yes. Wow. Sorry. Mind, mind fart, brain fart. Jeez. Uh, so we have two from that one from when we were supposed to break this down a couple weeks ago and then two as well from this week for that question. So four in total from TikTok. Okay. Uh, so you want to take the ones from the old video and I'll take the ones from the new. I would love to. All right. Um, so we worded it differently on each video, but we, um, we more or less we asked, "Hey, what is a paranormal event that you've been a part of, or like something scary that's happened to you that turned you from like skeptic to believer?" Um, so we d- yeah. So going off through these uh these answers, Rose, do you want to take the first one? I'd love to. Uh, coming from Flaccid Pancake. Um, they said, I saw a shadow throw my cat off the table. Yeah, I'd burn that house to the ground um, if that happened. I'd grab my cat and just run, bitch, run. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Um, I, I just want to clarify. I'm quoting Scary Movie 2. I'm not calling you a bitch. Um, just got to <laughs> clarify that. <laughs> I mean, you you say that like you haven't called me a bitch before. <laughs> that, that, you know, fair. That, that that's a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, th- our our my first one's from talented failure, who said I was at a funeral home. I went to the basement slash lounge area, and the lights turned on by themselves. Uh, they were not motion detected. <laughs> Yeah, oh, hell no. Especially if it's a yeah, the fact a funeral. That you're at house. A funeral. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'd be out so fast, dude. So fast. I no, my my, I would jump out of my freaking shoes if dude. that happened to me. Anything, anything, even remotely spooky. Like if a freaking like light decides to go out at a funeral home, I'm out. Yeah, like fair. you will never see me in that building again. <laughs> uh, nope, that one's haunted. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely, the hell not. Um, all right, what's your next one? Uh, coming from talented failure trademark. I have to point that out because he they, they had to put a, a t they had to put the TM. It was really funny. Um. They said uh, things moving and disappearing before my very eyes. Oh, they they posted that one, or that was the same person that did mine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'll be damned. That's my first one. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, uh, no thanks. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. 
I'm good. Honestly, like I think that's something that if that were to happen to me, where something were to just disappear, my ADHD is bad enough where I would just believe that I misplaced it. You you know what? <laughs> my ADHD is not that bad, but you know what? Fair enough. Like I think for me for that for me to get freaked out by something like that. I would have to be looking at something and then it would have to disappear. That's fair. Yeah, I, I, I can understand that. Yeah, that would freak me the hell out. But I again, if if it was just like, oh, I place something, look away and I look back and it's gone. That would be like. Wait, didn't I put it over here? And then I'd start looking for it and then like eventually find it be like, oh, I guess I put it over here. <laughs> Like that, that's probably the worst thing a poltergeist could do is just move it. And then I just be like, oh, well, guess I put it there. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, I am so bad with shit like that. Like, super bad. Um, all right. My last response comes from Spidey on TikTok, who said, I was going upstairs and went into my room. I saw a drawing I did a while ago. Then it moved like someone was moving it, but no one was there. Yeah. Once again, hell no. I'm out. Um, I'm either selling the place or I'm just going to burn it down to the ground. Um, I guess uh, we'll find out in that moment. Mm -hmm. Probably burning that shit down. If I'm going to be honest here. Okay, um, I got a question for you. Yeah. I took this this art class. I don't remember if you were in it. Did you ever take the art class with the, the hippie-looking teacher? Was this in junior high or high school? In junior high. I think I did, yeah. Okay, did you ever make the tape people? Yes, yeah, we did. Oh. Okay. Did you take yours home? <laughs> I don't think I did. No, I just no. Uh, I threw mine away. Okay. I took mine home. Uh and then shortly after destroyed it. Okay. Because it scared the ever loving bejesus out of me. Uh when I believed I was home alone. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So I came home. My mom had taken uh my brothers to a to something. It it might it might have been uh like speech therapy or, or something. There was just some appointment. Usually when I get home, my dad is not home. So I, I walked or caught a ride with someone or whatever. And for whatever reason, I was home alone or I thought I was. I had forgotten about this little tape person that I created, which for those of you that don't know what he d had us do was like wrap our arms up in tape backwards and then cut it off. And then we had to tape all of those, those limbs back together and create like a, a little like a tape version of ourselves. Yep. Um, so yeah, I took mine home because I thought it was cool. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to hang it up somewhere. I, so what I did, 
um, we had a, like a kind of a coat rack looking thing and we had just cleared it off. So it was like completely empty. So I had it hung up on string. So I just tied it to the coat rack cause I didn't want to like lay it down on anything. Um, so I hung it up, went upstairs, forgot about it. And then when I, when I was home alone, I come running downstairs cause I thought I was going to be slick and like try playing my, my Xbox when no one was around. I come down and I see this figure that's in it. Like, cause so what I was trying to do was a, I'm trying to remember the pose. Oh, I was trying to do like one of those poses, like, like a Mr. Universe pose. Okay. Um, it ended up turning into like that. <laughs> like, Oh shit. Scary pose. Yeah. And so like I, I had s- like slept with this thing downstairs before. So it was like kind of up, but it was like kind of standing like this. So no big deal. Right. Mm-hmm. I run downstairs, but the damn thing had tipped over. So it was down on the ground looking like it was like crawling. Right. <laughs> oh, hell no. Down. It just like and the, all the lights were off and, you know, like our my room was downstairs. And mm-hmm. so it was dark is like all hell so there was no light reflecting on this thing so i just see this golem looking creature just like and i i i i remember i came down and i saw it and i went ah (laughs) and i freaked out and like lurched myself backwards i hit my head on the on the wall (laughs) behind me and i was like ah shit and like ran upstairs and it like took me a second to remember, like, oh, okay, I think my thing fell down, and I like slowly went downstairs, and it was like peeking around the corner, and I was like, okay, okay, it's still there, and then I just like charged at it and smushed it to the ground, and like rolled <laughs> it up and threw it away. <laughs> I was like, I am not taking the chance that th- this thing is freaking possessed. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, that's amazing. Holy Ugh. shit. Yeah. So uh yeah, that's that's kind of what that, that last response made me think of. <laughs> I love it. Oh man. But anyway, thank you to everyone that answered our question of the week. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um So now, without further ado, getting into this week's breakdown, if you have not uh, listened to our breakdowns before, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our algorithm and give us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar score. Um, so if you have not seen A Haunting in Venice and you plan to at any point, do not listen to this episode. We do not want to be the one that spoils this for you. It is a really good reveal. Um, so yeah, 
if you listen beyond this point and anything is spoiled for you, tough shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hate to be that guy, but he's going to be it. that guy. Yeah, you did it to your damn self. <laughs> Uh, so Rose is going to be reading through the entire synopsis of this film Um, so this is your last and final spoiler warning Uh, so without further ado let's get to our favorite segment that we like to call reading with Rose all right in 1947 Hercule Hercule Poirot uh, lives in retirement in Venice, employing ex-police officer. I'm going to butcher these names so bad. I'm going to let you guys know that right now. Um, employing ex-police officer Vit- Vit- Vitale Portfoglio Foglio, to act as a bodyguard. On Halloween, mystery writer Ariadne. Is that how you say her damn name? Do you know, Caleb? Ah, shit. I got to pull these names up one sec. <laughs> <laughs> You know, as if Hercule Poirot was hard it was hard enough. Um, they just had to freaking just throw in all of these these names. Uh, I do not know how to pronounce that name. <laughs> um, okay, well, I'm just gonna go with Ariadne. Oh. Ariadne. Yeah, let's go with that. Ariadne. Uh, Oliver convinces Poirot to attend a seance at the P- Palazzo. Uh, a famed opera singer, Rowena Dr- Rowena Drake, and exposed Joyce Reynolds, a World War One army nurse turned medium, as a fraud. Uh, Rowena has hired Joyce to help her commune with her daughter Alicia, who reportedly committed suicide after her fiance, Chef Maxime Gerard, broke off their engagement. Among the guests in attendance are Maxime, Rowena's housekeeper Olga Semenov, Drake's family doctor Leslie Ferrier, and his son Leopold, and Joyce's Romani assistant Desdemona Holland. Wow. All right. During the seance, Perot deduces that Joyce has two assistants, revealing Desdemona's half brother Nicholas hiding in the chimney. Joyce suddenly speaks in Alicia's voice and reveals she was murdered by one of the guests. Poirot attempts to confront Joyce, who tells him to lighten up and gives him her mask. <clears throat> Give, gives her her mask. Wow. And gives him her mask and robe. Seconds after an unknown assailant, assail, assailant nearly drowns Perot when he is apple bobbing, Joyce is found impaled on a statue in the courtyard. With a storm cutting off the pal- pal- palazzo? Yep. Okay, thank you. Uh, Perot interviews the guest, during which he witnesses manifestations of Alicia's ghost and hears a young girl humming a tune. The investigation yields perplexing results. Leslie, severely traumatized by his experiences at the liberation of the Burger Belzen concentration camp, is in love with Rowena. Maxime, who was not initially invited, broke off his engagement because Rowena did not approve of him, and Alicia was obsessed with keeping her mother happy. Nicholas and Desdemona have been stealing from Joyce and intend to use the money to travel to St. Louis, Missouri, which which they fell in love with after seeing half of Meet Me in St. Louis at a displaced persons camp. And Leopold claims to hear voices from the spirits of children left to die of plague back when the 
wow, Palazzo uh, was an orphanage, which are the same voices Perot has been hearing. The spirits are said to haunt and kill any doctors or nurses who set foot within it. When the guests come across an underground chamber containing the skeletal remains of the dead children, Leslie suffers a panic attack and nearly kills Maxine. He is locked inside the music room to recover, Rowena giving Perot the only key. After examining Maxine's invitation, Perot deduces Oliver sent it and is conspiring with Vitale. Vitale, who investigated Alicia's death, gave Joyce private details while Oliver had hoped to use Perot's ink... Ink... In capability of explaining the supernatural as a plot for her next book, Leslie is then found stabbed to death. Gathering the remaining guests together, Perot reveals Rowena is the murderer. Obsessed with keeping Alicia for herself, she cut her off from the contact. She cut her off from contact with Maxime after learning they plan to reconcile and use small amounts of poisonous hallucinogenic honey extracted from you know, butcher this so badly. Rhododendrons. Wow. Rhododendrons to weaken and then care for her. One night, Olga unknowingly gave Alicia tea containing a fatal dose. Rowena, fearful of exposure, staged Alicia's suicide. When she began receiving blackmail threats, Rowena, Rowena suspected either Joyce or Leslie. She pushed Joyce to her death after mistakenly attempting to drown Perot and forced Leslie into stabbing himself via the Palazzo's internal phone line by threatening to kill Leopold, hoping to pass off both deaths as part of the children's curse. When Perot confronts Rowena on the roof, Alicia's ghost seems to appear to them both, pulling Rowena down off the building and in, and into the canal where she drowns. As dawn breaks, Perot ends his friendship with Oliver, elects not to fire Vitale or unmask his involvement in the seance, and privately exposes Leopold as the blackmailer. Leopold explains what explains he understood the poisoning signs his father missed, making the connection after realizing Rowena's first starring role was in an opera whose lead character is the king of poisons. Perot suggests Leopold and Olga clear their conscien con consciences by using the money to help the Holland start a new life in America. After knowing the possibility of an afterlife, he returns home to accept new cases. All right. God, that was that was freaking hard. I figured with this one being like an <sighs> all Italian like names and cast, like I think this was, <laughs> I figured this one would be rough. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> oh shit. Uh so yeah. All right, so kicking it off with story. Um so did it, how how many like were there any of these twists that you were able to like see coming? Honestly, no. I dude, I am so bad when it comes to murder mysteries, like picking up on shit. Um, because like I feel that you could throw it like literally right in front of my face and I still wouldn't pick up on it. Granted, that's probably maybe a good thing because it makes me enjoy these a lot more because I'm just like, what no, I didn't see that coming at all. Um so that that actually might be a good thing, but at the same time, when it's revealed, oh, you know, uh, because this happened, it led to this, and that's uh, you know why um, they're the killer and all all that stuff like that. I happen to be like, how the frick did I miss that? Like, are you freaking kidding me? Yeah, I I 
I've slowly gotten better at picking that stuff out. Like very, very slowly. Um, there were a couple things that I took of note that seemed suspicious. Okay. Um, I, I had a feeling that the, that his friend, um, who is played by Tina Fey. So I'm just going to call her Miss Oliver. (laughs) Um, so Perot's friend. So I had a feeling that Miss Oliver was involved in like the the shadiness. Like I, I had a feeling that she was tied into um into Joyce, the the medium, in some way. So I figured that they were working together. I did not see that she was actually working together with the bodyguard. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all. Yeah, so when that came out, I was just like, oh, shit. Um, there were some other things that um, I, I did take note of. And it's just because part of me is, is because I know how they structure mystery films they kind of give you the they are they attempt to give you the clues as you go about Mm. the film and so this was one that did really good at giving you the clues um that's fair there were some that were put a little bit more out in the open but it was when um uh miss oliver was found the honey and she's like, oh, I found this honey in the in the like the bin closet or like the the, the linen closet. Right. I, th- I, uh, I think that's what she said. Yeah. So when she says, oh, I found this honey in the linen closet, like that was something I was like, linen closet. Like, what the hell? <laughs> like, who the hell keeps tea or honey in a freaking linen closet? Uh, normal people like, come on. Yeah, so I, that was something I was super suspicious of. Um, I had a feeling that when Perot started like taking it, that there was something up with the honey. Um, and so that made me like very suspicious of of the mother. Um, oh shit, what was her name? Uh, Rowena. So I was very suspicious of her for for a while um i was also suspicious because of like when she uh when she locked the doctor leslie in the music room i was like i i had a feeling that i'm like she was putting on a show yeah and that's exactly what was happening she put a like she basically put on a show of um locking him in that room and i'm like it's super suspicious that he's he's in there by himself like locked and then perot has the only key i'm like yeah she she's putting on a show for someone so yeah i was instantly um suspicious of her her motivations for killing dr leslie I I did not see coming from a million miles away. That's fair. So I I thought that was a really nice twist. 
Um, and then I'm trying to think of who else I was like super suspicious of. I I wasn't super. I, oh, uh, the 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 housekeeper, uh, Olga. I was not very suspicious of her at all. Like even though she had some like sketchy vibes about her, I'm like something sketchy about you. But it's not murder. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That yeah, that that's completely fair. Um. Anna throughout, um, I kind of j- just be, it's the way that like um, when, you know, he's he, uh, you know, the the murder of Mrs. Williams takes place and, you know, Hercule Poirot, you know, says this classic, you know, everyone's a suspect. No one's leaving here. And the fact that with Tina Fey's sorry, I'm I'm just going to say Tina Fey's character because I already forgot her name. Uh, our Mrs. Oliver. um how um, he just immediately just writes her off like, oh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you're a good friend. I, I know you wouldn't do I know you wouldn't do this. You know, I'm not even thinking about that. Like, I'm sure every, every, a lot of people would think like, oh, yeah, you know, um, that, then that, that should raise huge flags that she's a suspect. And it did for me. And on, honestly, like it was cool to see that it turned out that she was actually working with the bodyguard um, to. Uh, basically out to carry out basically to carry out her, her storyline for her next book, um, which that was actually, that was actually pretty cool to watch unfold. Um, but like, uh, I just like you're, you're way better at guessing these murder mysteries than I am because up until like, it was actually discovered that, Oh yeah, no, it was a uh, remote Ramona, not Ramona, Rowena, Rowena. Thank you. Um, it was, it, it was actually proven that it was the mom that was the killer. Um, like, honestly, I, I, st- um, I never would have, would have guessed, um, even though the signs were there, like you said, with, you know, with the honey linen closet, for some reason that shit just went right over my head. Didn't even think about that. Um, but I mean, like that really led to a great mystery. And when it was discovered that it was Rowena, like I'll fully admit, I'm like, Excuse me. Um, I mean, I wasn't the only one in the theater, so unfortunately, I couldn't just be like, "What?" Slap. I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't actually do that. Um, yeah. Can we? Can we just talk about freaking? Um, so it was. So it was me in my in my theater experience. It was me and then a family of four, or just like a, fr- a friend group of four, that was in front of me, and literally throughout the whole movie, not even quietly. They were talking about, oh, I think it was her. No, no, no. I think it was him. Did you see that clue? Did you see that clue? I'm like, shut the fuck up. I don't Dude, care that, who you think it is. That is an at-home experience that you have to have. Right. Thank you. Just, mm. Yeah, you can't freaking do that shit in theaters. Yeah. That is some bullshit. So freaking annoying. Like, oh, my God. And I was I in the back row, like oh like they God. were like two, they were like two rows ahead of me. I was in the back row, and I could still hear them. Like, <sighs> That's theater, freaking annoying. Theater etiquette doesn't mean shit anymore, dude. It doesn't exist. It doesn't freaking exist. It's so annoying. Anyway, um, dude, I'm I'm with <laughs> you. I am absolutely with you. 
Um, luckily, I, I got a pretty decent screening where it was just me and like one other guy. Um, oh, dude, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> yeah, but he was like in the very back row. So I was and I was like very front or I've, I've started sitting more like closer to the screen. I usually so I usually do, too, but it was kind of like, you know how um, I mean, I don't know if AMC or your theaters are the same way, but like, say, if it's like a movie that either is um, it's theatrical run is like way down the line. Um, it's been out for a while or it's just not doing well. Cinemark will definitely put it into a theater to where there's not like it's not like the huge amount of rows. It's only like four rows. Um, so with those, I usually like to be in the back just because I feel that like the, like middle where I usually like to be, that's where I usually like to sit. I feel that's a, still, that's a little too close for me. That's fair. Um, that actually was the situation for me when I went to go see no hard feelings. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it was only like a few rows of seats. So I did sit in the back with that one. Okay. Um, get it. <laughs> But yeah, so when it's like a bigger theater, I usually sit or I've started like I used to sit like way in the freaking back and then uh, I became blind and (laughs) I had to uh, or I started sitting a a bit closer. So now I'm like I'm still like a little far back. I'm like the the I like to sit more of the front middle. Okay, yeah, I, I feel it's a great placement. Yeah, um, a lot of I've also started sitting there because I've heard a lot of uh, different things stating that um, that that's where sound mixers will sit when they're working on the the sound for the the movie. Interesting. Like they say, so this is where they sit, and so they basically attune the movie to have that be like the ideal location. Huh. All right. Very interesting. Yeah. Kind of an interesting little tidbit. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but yeah, freaking I theater experiences are so hit and miss. It's not even funny. Yep. And it's just, it's just getting worse. It really is. It freaking sucks. Yeah, like for, they need to start doing like uh, VR st- um, st- streaming. They really I, do. Like, seriously, I would pay normal ticket prices for a VR streaming. Oh, I would, too. Absolutely. Like that, that would be like my ideal world. And dude, and with the freaking Quest 3 that just got released. Apparently that has like a much better resolution. Really? Yeah. Like they said, it's like a a significant difference. I'll be damned. So I I am very much on board with that, especially since they start, they stopped updating for the, the new quest or for the quest that I have. So I have, I have the, the first one, the quest one. Okay. Yeah, so the Quest 2, they're still updating. They are? Okay. Yeah. And the, uh, but yeah, they just released the Quest 3, and the Quest 3 is like their new pride and joy. So I'm, I'm going to see what, what I'll take to get one of those. 
because I think that'd be sick. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Like, especially like higher resolution, like all for that. That's just going to make our, our viewing experience that much better. Dude, dude, if they can accomplish 4K on a freaking VR set, oh, chef's yeah, kiss. It, dude, if they do that, I'm freaking done with theaters. <laughs> <laughs> fair. That's fair. And I will be buying. I will be buying a pimped out freaking uh, set of headphones, where I get to experience like the the magic of surround sound with 4K. Are you kidding me, bro? <laughs> I would never again. Never again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, man. Fair enough. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, so getting back on track with the the story, um, I feel like it was really well paced. I feel like in other mystery movies that I've seen, they can have a span in the middle that are usually pretty slow. But this one, I think the horror element kept me on edge enough to keep me super invested. That, that no that that's completely fair um i i will say that um like out of these uh her, yeah, i can oh, wow kenneth Branagh, murder mysteries he's you know the three that he's done so far um i feel that i still like uh murder on the orient express's story just a little more um but overall this is freaking great love the story in this one um and I still need to see Death on the Nile. Have you seen Death on the Nile? I have not. That okay. is on my list of things to watch. Okay. But I kind of understand why you might be drawn to a murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that a lot. I think part of it's maybe because it's an unconventional conclusion to the murder mystery where it's not just one guilty party it all of them were guilty yeah and i freaking love that yeah I, that I, think, I think it was just it was trippy enough to be like yo what yeah right <laughs> oh, love that shit yeah so i think that was part of it and then here it's it does have a very like it does have twists but not as big of a twist as as that yeah where it's like oh it's it's back it's kind of like more of a, I wouldn't say a letdown. It's just more like, oh, yeah, I guess it's just one person yeah. versus like, what was it, 12? I think so. Which honestly, I'm glad that, I mean, I know this is a loose adaption of an Ag- Agatha Christie book, which I forget what the book is. Um, it's so it's a loose adaption of uh, Agatha Christie's Halloween party. Um, so, I mean, I never read that, but I'm kind of glad that it was just one killer because I feel if like, I I don't know. I feel that a group, they would have pulled the, everyone's guilty thing again. It would have cheapened. It honestly would have. And like, I, I feel that like, um, everyone's guilty only works for, I feel it only worked for murder on the Orient Express. Um, and it, I don't know, like, like, I don't know how it goes with death on the Nile for who or how many people, um, actually did it. Um, but just for this one, it felt right that it was just one person. 
Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, so where are you sitting with story? Um, like overall, de- like really good story. Um, Hercule Poirot, uh, the, his, his way of, um, the way that he, um, become the way he is a detective in all in not only this but all uh, these um these movies is just so intriguing and the way that he goes through just to find all of the evidence the motives is just so freaking good and i and i love watching it um so i think i'm gonna be at an an 82 that's not bad. Um, I might be a little bit higher than you, though. That's that's um, fair. I'm going to be sitting at like an 86. Okay. Um, I th- I thought this had really good flow. The twists and turns were were fantastic. Um, and I think I enjoyed it enough. Uh keeping in line with with like what i said like it, it it didn't like reveal any clues that were like total bullshit clues where it's just like yeah like oh i noticed like this specific dirt on your shoe <laughs> like freaking shut up like it was all clues that we could have caught and we could have followed along with if yes. we were smart <laughs> which <laughs> we not yeah we'd be a pretty shitty uh team of detectives caleb caleb definitely would be better than me um but i i I don't know if we would be as i'd know that we would not be good as as good as hercule perot dude not even close (laughs) like i would have been that that dumbass that would have like heard like oh i found honey in the linen closet that's weird. Can I have some? <laughs> and then I still would have drank it. Like that's a weird place to find honey. <laughs> yeah. Why does it taste funny? Oh, I guess no. It's probably nothing. And then dead. Yep. <laughs> and then, oh man. Yeah, and then it's just like. Yeah, and then like later on the roof, hmm, tea that makes or honey that makes me feel weird and weird bees, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and then to- again, once again, totally overlooked it. <laughs> oh shit! Like it, it's shit that I would have noticed but not been able to put together. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It's like honey bees. <laughs> what? Like you sound like a DIYer. <laughs> really, I yeah, freaking in the moment, I I wouldn't have been able to put it together like that. It's just stuff that I was just like, hmm, that's weird, and then just <laughs> like couldn't place. Yeah. Um. All right, moving on over to writing. Uh, I. I felt this was a pretty solid script. I, I agree. Um, I feel that. I mean, I don't know if Kenneth Branagh wrote the um, wrote the script as well. 
Um, does it say? Uh, it says that Michael Green it, uh, wrote the screenplay. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, I guess it makes sense. Um, yeah, on, honestly, I, I feel that um, the writing here uh, was just as strong as his his other uh as the other murder mysteries that uh, Kenneth Branagh has done. I don't know if uh, shit already forgetting his name. If uh, Michael Green uh, did the other two as well. Um, but um, I, honestly, I, I feel that the writing was strong, really, really strong here. Um, I, fe- I don't know what it is. Um, maybe, I mean, it's been a, a, a little bit since I've seen it, but I felt though that uh Hercule kinda not took a back seat um in this one. Um not not didn't take a back seat, but it felt like he was more involved in the other ones that I've seen. Or is that just me? I wouldn't necessarily say that he wasn't involved or like kind of took a background part. That, I th- that's think- true. I don't know, I just expected to see him a lot. Well, okay, maybe I'm losing my mind. No, because he he was very was very present. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about here. Yeah, disregard what I just said. I'm gonna shut up now. <laughs> I, I think what you what you might be getting at, and I I absolutely agree with you, is that he in the the previous movies it was very much following him. It didn't it didn't like cut away to the other characters nearly as much that that's true um because like up until uh the part when you know like the murder happens of mrs williams and then you know he starts he goes back to being a detective and you know really gets into it of course it i don't know it 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 didn't feel like a hercule perot movie uh until that point It, it it felt like he he took a sideline to his own movie or the he took a he took a freaking back burner to his own his own movie. Yeah, I think that was part of it too, because it, like it's this man who what who's been like one of the best detectives in the world, kind of like getting back on the horse. Yeah. So I think maybe that's why it took a, a bit of a slower start. Is because it was like him like refining himself as a as a detective okay oh, yeah, okay it, it did pick up like halfway through that is true um i will i will fully admit like the first like 20 minutes were kind of a little slow for me yeah um it not not that it um it i had a hard time it had a hard time keeping my attention it's just i was kind of like okay um can we kind of get to the murder mystery? Like, can we just can <laughs> someone already die? Yeah. Like, can we all... get to the detectiving? <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's what makes the, that's what makes these movies enjoyable. Um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately with this one, I think I'm going to have to go lower than my stories grade. I honestly agree. Um, for me, I'm not, it's, I don't feel that I've, um, gone down to 70s um i still feel that isn't it is in the 80s because like when we actually get to the murder mystery part it is well written um it feels just it reminds me why i i enjoy these movies 
as much as I do. I know I haven't seen Death on the Nile, but I freaking love Murder on the Orient Express, and I really enjoyed the writing in in this one as well. Um, so I'm gonna be at a solid eighty for writing. <sighs> I'm probably gonna drop down about as much as you did. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna sit at like an eighty-three. All right. I was thinking 84, but it, it just fell a little high. No, dude. Really get it. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got acting. Um, so going through this cast real quick. First up, we got Kenneth Branagh, who played Hercule Perot. We have Tina Fey, who played... Ariane Oliver. Uh, we have Kelly Riley, who played Rowena Drake. Michelle Yao, who played Mrs. Reynolds. We have Ricardo Scamarcio, who played Vitale Portfoglio. Uh, we have Jamie Dornan, who played Dr. Leslie Ferrier. Ferrier, Ferrier however you want to say that. We have Jude Hill, who played Leopold Ferrier. Uh, Camille Cotton, who played Olga Semenoff. Uh, Emma Laird, who played Desmond, Desdemona Holland. Ali Khan, who played Nicholas Holland. Kyle Allen, who played Maxime Gerard. And Amir El Masri, who played Alessandro Longo. Which I'm just really realizing that he was only at the beginning and at the end. <laughs> oh yeah, it's true. He was. Yeah, but I, I liked his character enough. The fa- the freaking the fact that his bodyguard just freaking flipped him right into the the, <laughs> the freaking lake off the freaking bridge. Dude, I will I will say this. Um, something that did kind of set off a uh, a bit of a red flag for me was that he that someone that die hard be, like being a bodyguard like to a, a to a point where he is going to throw someone into a river is going to like buy into this rando person being like oh I'm an old friend yeah dude right i mean i guess that uh she goes, it's like, oh, I, I knew that he, uh, I knew you'd say that. So I, I brought this. Um, and he's like, oh, you know, like, uh, he, he said that that was like the sign or like that he knew he, you would bring that or some shit like that. But still, I, I definitely agree with you there. Yeah. It, it just like, if set off like a, a series of thoughts in my mind where I'm like, Okay, homeboy needs to like figure out what the hell he's doing because he just threw someone into a lake or into yeah. a river for this exact thing. Yeah, so. like it seems real suspicious that he's buying into this, and then it didn't like click until later when Perot's just like pointed out the same shit, and I was like, I knew it, I knew it. <laughs> You're doing shady shit. <sighs> oh shit. Um, but yeah, so what's your, uh, what's your top three looking like? Uh, top three. Um, 
I think... I think number three, I'm going to give to Camille Cotton. Um, loved her performance. She was fantastic as Olga. And especially um, that scene where, you know, um, Hercule is having his uh, one-on-one with all the victims. And, you know, just, just everything that she's telling him um, is honestly, like, I, I feel not only a great character, it's a great character moment for her. And I, I feel that that, that scene just solidifies like, yeah, no, she's not the killer. Like there's no way. And even if you guys like, even if it turned out she was, I'd be like, that's bullshit. You only did that to like be surprised, like make it a huge surprise. Cause I, I could never see her character doing that. Um, I'm with you, dude. I, I didn't suspect her whatsoever. I'm like something about you is like a little dark, a little shady. Yeah. But it's not this. Yeah. <laughs> You're not a murderer. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's anything about you, it's like maybe there's some shady dealings on the side, but nothing, not yet. You're this you're unrelated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number two, uh, I will give to Tina Fey, uh, who played Ariadne Oliver. Fantastic. Um, loved her performance. Uh, her, her relationship with Hercule, um, honestly, it actually. Like you could definitely tell that there was tension in their friendship, um, but it still felt like they 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 actually did care about each other up until the end. Um, so I I actually really enjoyed watching them work together throughout throughout the movie. Um, and honestly, I I don't remember seeing one. Tra- Maybe I did see a trailer for this. I'm sure I did, but I don't remember like any of the advertisements or anything. I didn't even look at the poster really before I went and saw this movie. So when I saw Tina Fey on screen, I'm like, wait, what? Tina, F- I was I was genuinely genuinely surprised that Tina Fey was in this, but it was freaking awesome because she did a great job. Yeah. Um, but number I, one, oh sorry, I don't know if Tina Fey. She's one of those actresses. I don't know. I I have a hard time considering her like a good actress. Like, damn. Like, listen, she she's good enough to like make the movie watchable. Okay. There's no argument about that. She can't do character work for shit. She like every movie she's in, she plays Tina Fey. No, damn, the guy's got a point. Yeah, I mean it's the same issue with like some other bigger, bigger name people, and it's usually comedians that are like this. Yeah, they can't do comedic work for shit. (laughs) You know, fair enough. I'm sorry, uh, not not comedic. I meant uh, character work. They can't do character work for shit. All right, that that's and fair. She, she's just one. Like I don't think I've ever seen her in a role where I've been like, oh my gosh, like she really brought her a game. I'm like, yep, that's Tina Fey for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, touche, man, touche. <laughs> uh. But I'm, I'm I'm sorry. I'm still sticking with her for number two. I gotta. Uh, okay. Yeah, stand by it. <laughs> uh, but number one, I definitely got to give to Kenneth Branagh, Hercule Poirot. Once again, fantastic. Um, I maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just seeing it on the big screen. His mustache is a little distracting. Um, 
his mustache is a beautiful thing, you heathen. <laughs> it's uh, okay. Maybe it's not the mustache. It's uh, the little uh, so, not soul patch, but what the, do you know? What this is called down here below your lip, like yeah, this it's your soul patch. It is your soul patch. Oh my yeah. bad. Um, that okay. It wasn't the mustache. It was that that distracted me. I I don't know why, but that that just for some reason distracted me in some parts of the movie but looking past that um did he have that and like he's had that though right i think so but for some reason here it was like more prominent to me and it just it, it i'm not gonna say it looked weird but it kind of like took me out a couple times hmm. um but now once again he is fantastic in this role i love him so much in this role um the way that um, his character just goes about solving um, these whodunit mysteries is just great. I love his p- thought process. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. And Kenneth Branagh, just absolutely amazing job. Um, so, yeah, got to Got to give number one to Kenneth Branagh. I absolutely agree with you on that. Um, Kenneth Branagh. Definitely deserves the the number one. My number two, I'm probably going to give to Kelly Riley, uh, who played Rowena. I felt like she she gives such solid performances in terms of like, I mean, I, I haven't I've never watched Yellowstone. But I know in Yellowstone, she kind of plays someone that's like usually drunk a lot. Excuse me. And she very much like can she plays that role very well. I feel like it's hard to like walk that line of being like a good actress or like being good at playing drunk or high or whatever the case may be. Um, Just off. It is more like it like i think she does a really good job of just playing off and so that's kind of what was what was there for me like something was just unsettling about her and really like added to her performance so i i freaking loved what she was able to do with her character fair um i absolutely agree yeah and then my number three just to uh, like keep it in line with what you were saying. Let me see if I can find her. I'm going to give to Camille Cotton as well. Hell yeah. But yeah, Tina, Fe- Tina Fey is like up there. She's, she's definitely top five. Okay. But I, I, I can't put her in the top three. I do completely get it. Yeah. But I'm curious. Like, is Michelle Yao in the top five? Michelle Yao is absolutely in the top five. Okay. I think she's Good. my number four. I I would agree. Yeah, Michelle, she's. Like, I freaking love Michelle Yao, dude. She's so good. She's amazing. Yeah, in everything she does. Hmm. Um. Everyone else, though, like the bodyguard was a bit much. Uh, Jamie Dornan was. Was it just me, or was he hard to understand? He was. Um, okay, I'm glad that I'm not the honestly, only one that had an issue with. Honestly, that. I had no idea that it was Jamie Dornan. I don't know. Maybe it's just he has a not a very recognizable face. 
I hate to sound like a dick there. Um, not recognizable. But, Did you not? I mean, you had to have watched Fifty Shades of Grey when we no, broke that I, down, right? Okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I try to block that movie out of my memory. Um, so I try not to remember him that much, apparently. Um, okay. And so maybe, I don't know, maybe I just forgot what he looked like. And so like when the credits started rolling, I'm like, whoa, what? That was Mr. Gray himself? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um I will say this. The uh the kid, Jude or Jude Hill, uh he he gave a freaking baller performance. He did. Yeah, he yeah, he was really freaking good. Yeah, so major no shout out. Here. Yeah. If any like if anyone was threatening Tina Fey's number five position in my book, it's this kid. That's fair. That's that's completely fair. What do you think of the siblings? The siblings are rare. Yeah, I felt the same way. <laughs> like once I found out what their motivations were, I'm just like, I I could care less, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, but um, yeah, their whole motivation, like I want to go, like I what what where did they want to go? That was it. Massachusetts, yeah, it was Massachusetts, or no, uh, Missouri. They wanted to go oh, to Missouri. Yeah. yeah, once once they're just like, we want to travel to Missouri. I'm like, yeah, you're not the freaking like even stealing. That's kind of shady, but meh. Going want actually wanting to go to Missouri. Yeah, there's no way that you're killers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Killers go to Vegas or Florida. Yeah. Not freaking Missouri. <laughs> they don't go to St. Louis. <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean, I hope. I mean, St. Louis yeah. could be the, the serial killer capital of the world for all I know. Shit, knowing our luck it is now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh moving on over to character development um obviously we kind of have to do this off of uh hercule yes um so what did you think of of his growth as a honestly i thought i thought it was really good um watching him as someone who's retired from detective work um and then uh, tina fey's character you know um convincing him to you know come back to it you know bring him him to this halloween party at this uh supposed haunted um haunted house or haunted mansion whatever you want to call it um and and you know chaos ensues murder ensues and he has to get back into uh, his detective work and it's clear that he hasn't missed a beat um he like I've never, I don't, I think I've only watched like the, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. So I don't really know a lot when it comes to Sherlock Holmes work. I haven't really, not only I have, I not read any books, but I haven't really seen a lot of media with him. So when it comes to like detectives and like this kind of like detective work, old school, like whodunit kind of stuff, I love it. And, um, I feel that Hercule Poirot is my favorite, uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff. So 
yeah, just, just seeing him get back into the uh, back into the swing of things, not missing a beat, and um, leading up to when he discovers who it is, um, and then that gets him back into detective work is it's I wouldn't say it's like huge character growth because he literally is he's retired and then comes back into it. Um, and so I like, feel like I f- so neither of us have seen death on the Nile. I have a true. feeling that something happened in that that pushed him to retirement. Yeah. And I really wish that I would have watched death on the Nile to understand um, if anything happened prior, same here. Because it did seem like he was very anti, um, mystery. This, yeah, that is true. And then he kind of reignited his his spark and passion for it, uh, with this instance. Hey, uh, I just re- we never put in our scores for acting. Oh, we're freaking dumb. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> Just because uh, my top three, um, I'm sitting on 85. The supporting cast definitely like kind of brings it down. Yeah. They, I, I, they brought me down to like an 84. Fair enough. All right. Okay. Now, board. Back to character <laughs> development. <laughs> uh, where are you sitting now with that? <laughs> um, just I, I feel that I would be able to judge this better on if I saw um, Death on the Nile. But just looking at the t- um, just looking at this one um, for his development, um, I feel that um, like. Like it's cool the directions that his character goes, and you know him, you know getting back into it, back into the detective work um, uh, at the end, and you know starting up his um, his work once again. Um, but I I don't really see that he got a lot of he didn't really get a lot of character development. He just went from being out of the game, getting back into the game. So nothing really special. So like I'm at like an eighty. That's actually exactly where I was sitting to my, my average average is sitting at like a 75. Um, but I do think this was slightly above. It wasn't anything too special or grand. So yeah, I think an 80 is a very solid point for this to, to be at. Oh yeah. All right. Moving on over to effects. Um, there weren't too many special effects. A lot of this was done practically, which I appreciate because every moment when, um, oh my god, the the daughter's name, do you remember? Uh, Alicia. Alicia. Whenever um, she is shown, especially um, towards the end when um, she pushes her mo- uh, her ghost pushes her mother off the uh, off the balcony to her death. Um, that looked really, really good. Um, dude, that was scary as shit, dude. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the the freaking aesthetic that they added to her ghost just looked really, really good. Um, like I, I'm assuming that. I mean, of course, minus the floating. Um, 
that like all of that was prosthetics. Like they didn't really have to do anything CGI or anything. Um, and if that, yeah, if that's the case, she looked freaking fantastic. Um, so like when it comes to like, uh, like the actual, like, you know, ghost in this movie, I think they did a really good job. I think they did too. And the cinematography in this bro was freaking dude. Beautiful. Dude. I want to go to Italy now. I don't know about you. Like, dude, I, same. I don't care if the, if uh, there's a haunted house there, I, I want to go to Italy. <laughs> yeah, dude. One of the shots that stood out to me was the last one. Dude. Yeah. When it's like uh, panning out from uh, his uh, office space on top. Yeah. That was freaking stunning. Yeah, that was so beautiful. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't get over that. Like I freaking was just, I stayed for at like for the credits just to finish that whole sequence out. I'm just Dude, like, bro, same this here. freaking sick. Same here. <laughs> I also wanted to make sure. And I mean, I also say, cause I didn't want to, I wanted the freaking uh, family to leave before me. So it's also fair. why I stayed. <laughs> yeah, definitely fair. Um, but yeah, everything else, it was just like, it was filmed like a horror movie. And I really liked that where everything was, was kind of like up close shots, but it wasn't like a direct angle. It was like kind of off to the side or under, or like would kind of pan and go up, up, up above. Like it was never just a straight on shot. Yes. Which yeah, I, I loved. Yeah. And it kind of had like, it very much had those like horror movie, uh, ingredients to it with ev- without ever having to resort to anything you'd see within those movies. Yes. So for someone who is a, a, a major freaking pansy, um, it, it made it very enjoyable to watch because, like I said, it had those elements, so it kept me on edge, but was enough for me to be like invested. Yeah. And just like it kept that tension, but like obviously once it started, it, it, the movie kind of had a bit of a slow start. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no real complaints here. Like I even think the uh, the scene where the the medium gets basically skewered by the the statue, like that was pretty great. Yeah, that looked really good. Yeah. So no. No real complaints here. Like this yeah. is probably a high point for this film. Agreed. Um, where are you sitting at? Um, I think I'll be sitting at like a ninety-two. I'm sitting around an eighty-nine. Okay. I don't think it's quite cracked 90s for me as good as it was. Yeah. It's just I don't think it was quite in the 90s for that's me. Fair. That's fair. That's completely fair. All right. Next up, we got music. Uh, so what were you, your thoughts on on this soundtrack? Uh, I mean, with this kind of movie, you're not going to get like, you know, like a famous pop song or, you know, like a... Uh, toe tapping uh, musical number you're gonna get uh, a, I feel a really good score that uh, emulates uh, certain scenes makes them more tense 
um, even more terrifying. And so I feel that um, when it came to the moments that music really needed to uh, prove a point, I feel that this soundtrack delivered um, nothing. It was, I feel it was nothing special, um, but it still did a really good job of like hyping up the tension. Totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, nothing really. Like, I've been trying, I've been racking my brain about it. Um, it's also been a minute since I've seen this movie. Um, obviously within the past couple weeks, but still, like it's. I had I would I went through the, the the playlist today and just like re-listened to everything, and nothing really like stood out. Like it was a very average soundtrack, but it kind of stands a little high just because it accentuates the scenes. Yeah. So honestly, I'm around a six or a seven. I'm going to say probably a six, six. Okay. I'll give you six. All right. Last up, we got costumes. I feel these were really solid. These weren't bad. Yeah. Uh, I feel that they fit the time period very well. Um, especially, I mean, I know it's not in a lot of scenes, but the, um, the robe and, um, well, I guess, okay. So when they first get to the mansion and, you know, you know, it's Halloween, they're throwing this Halloween party. Um, and like, I feel like some of the masks that the kids were wearing looked freaking awesome. Like I loved that shit. Um, and especially the, uh, the mask that Michelle Yao's character was wearing with, you know, like the black robe and she puts it over, um, Perot, um, just to like kind of loosen him up. That looked really freaking cool. Um, so like, I, I feel for like the amount of like cool ass mass that I saw in this movie that definitely bumps my score up at least a little bit. Um, but I feel for like, you know, just like regular costumes did a really good job of presenting, uh, what, uh, time period it was from. Um, of course, nowhere, nowhere throughout the movie did I think, Oh no, this, that they're, they're totally in the ninth. They're totally in the two thousands. No, it, they did a great job with costume showcase and that this was the 1940s. Yeah, they, they did a very solid job with that. Um, so where, where does that end up pushing you? Uh, that pushes me to an eight. I, I, if you're feeling a seven, I could easily do that. But honestly, I'm, if we, if we did half points, I'd be sitting at like a seven and a half. Okay. So I can definitely give you that eight. Okay. Awesome. Alrighty, last up we got our own personal score. So I'll take this one because I, I I think your thoughts are a little bit more interesting than mine. Okay. <laughs> um overall I had a really fun time with this film. Um I felt like it it did everything correct, like how it how it should have, other than the beginning kind of giving us a slow start. Um, I do feel like maybe that could have been improved on a little bit, but it's honestly, I, I feel like I have a feeling my, my feelings will change on that. Uh, once I see death on the Nile, um, but we can't, I can't really judge that like 
because this is like for me, it's a standalone. Mm. It's very much a standalone. Um, so I had a good time. It was one that I was really afraid that it was going to go like a very heavy-handed horror route. I'm very glad that it didn't. I am a major coward when it comes to horror movies. Um, so I was able to sit through and watch it and have no issues, but I still had that, that, uh, intensity that I have when I watch a horror movie, like just like kind of that, that pre-preparation that I get before a, uh, a jump scare. I, I had that consistently throughout this film. <laughs> so, uh, I very much appreciated that. So I will end up giving this film probably an 81. It's not bad. Yeah. Um, you know, honestly, I, I, I had a good time with this movie. Um, it's definitely, I, I do like murder on the Orient Express bet a little better, um, than this one, but that definitely doesn't detract for how this is. A, this is a really good murder mystery. Uh, Kenneth Branagh not only is a good director with this once again, but he is amazing as Hercule Poirot. Um, the whole supporting cast, for the most part, I feel did a really good job. Um, just yeah, I I, I had I had a good time. Um, yeah. Um, so I. F- I can't justify giving this in the 70s. So I'm just going to go a point lower than Caleb. I'm going to go an 80. All right. Well, with that, that concludes this week's breakdown. Um, Going through these scores real quick, starting off with story. We are sitting at a very sturdy 84. Writing took a bit of a dive, uh, sitting at an 81.5. Uh, the acting got a pretty a, a decent bump, so jumping back up to a, an 84.5. But then character development took another bit of a dive, sitting at an 80. Um, the effects were definitely the high point of this film. So... I secretly changed it. I noticed that, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice. Uh, yeah, I, you know, everything that you said, it definitely talked me down a little bit. So, sorry. <laughs> so our effects with Rose's adjusted score uh, ended up averaging to a an 89.5. It is still the high point of this film. Uh, the music was fairly average, but did enhance the scenes as well as they should. Uh, so we ended up giving this a six out of ten. Our costume score had a pretty decent bump, and that's that's part of the course for um, timepieces. Yes. Uh, so we ended up giving this an eight out of ten, and then finally our personal score ended up averaging out to an eighty point five. So with that, the final All Bros letter grade. For a haunting in Venice has come out to a but, there we go. B minus. Okay. Not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. I can agree with that. 
I I absolutely agree with that. Um, I am actually curious because we did um, or we have scored murder on the Orient Express before. So I'm interested to see where that one ended up. Well, maybe if I can freaking find it. <laughs> oh, funny enough, we did give uh, Murder on the Orient Express a uh, higher. Oh, okay. Interesting. It how, is how a, much it, higher? It's uh, it's sitting at a B. Okay. Yeah, I, I I can definitely agree with that. Yeah, at least for me personally. Yeah, I. <sighs> Talking it this one through, I think I'm on the same page. Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um. So, hunting in Venice. Where did you go? Okay. Uh. So this ended up averaging out to an eighty-two point five. So, uh-huh. yeah. So this actually is sitting up high enough. So out of all of our B minus movies, which we have 36 of, this is sitting at our number four slot. Okay. Hell yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, since we do the four above. So this is sitting like I said, an 82.5, which puts it directly in line with Scream 6. Oh, okay. So I can absolutely agree with that. Yeah, I yeah, I can too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, so that puts it below Gran Turismo, which is at an 82.56. Okay. It is below the remake of Mulan. Really? Okay. Wow. I didn't know that Mulan scored that high. It's super close. Point. It's yeah. It's point one percent. Okay. Damn. <laughs> yeah. So it's like barely. Um, let's see. It's also sitting below the Greatest Showman. Okay. It is sitting below Jumanji. Welcome to the Jungle. Fair. And then it is sitting below Violent Night. All right. Not bad. Yeah. Going the opposite direction. It is sitting above The Hunt. Okay. It is above Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That kind of kills me. (laughs) Uh, If it makes you feel better, that's another one that it's barely above. All right, I'll accept that. <laughs> it is above Let's Be Cops. All right, I can accept that. Yeah, uh, it's above Smile. Really? Wow, okay. Yeah, and then finally it is above Ron's Gone Wrong. Okay. Not bad. Not a bad placement at all. Yeah. So um, I'm very happy with where where this ended up. I am too. This is probably one of our least controversial ones that we've had, at least in the past few weeks. That, that's true. I don't know. I'm pretty controversial <laughs> about Chippendale. Like, <laughs> that, does, that deserves to be higher. 
<laughs> of course you do. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, I think that wraps up this week's episode. Yeah. Um. So with that, I guess this has been the All Bros podcast. If you guys have enjoyed this episode and want to listen to more of our stuff, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. Uh, you can also find us on social media. We are at the All Bros on everything. Uh, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, or X, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Letterboxd. Like anywhere that you can, any social media, I'm pretty sure you can find us somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, be sure to go check us out. Um, if you want links to everything everything that we do, be sure to um check out our website, which is tinyurl.com forward slash the all bros. Um, and if you want to hit us up, uh if you want to suggest an episode for us to do, if you want us to if you want to join us for an episode or if you have like a recommendation or whatever, whatever it may be, if you want to get in contact us with us in any way, shape and form, uh, you can also hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up on social media as well as our email, which is the all bros channel at gmail.com. Um, but yeah, so next week, um, I am actually going to be in Utah. So we will actually we'll be releasing a, a previously recorded episode. Like it's still a new episode to you guys, but we recorded it like earlier this month. Uh, so you guys will be getting that and we will be breaking down Avengers Age of Ultron. Because we <laughs> we couldn't think of a Halloween themed movie off the top of our head. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but it was well. leading into November, so it's just kind of like eh, it works. It does, and it's an Avengers movie that doesn't get enough love. So, yeah, it is one that we have or we had previously scored. Um, so it's a little bit of a new thing that we attempted and. Uh, you'll see how it is. You'll yeah. see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But you can look forward to that. And until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next time. This is. Oh, nice. what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the <laughs> hell was that? Caleb hit puberty <laughs> twice. <laughs> Oh, man, that he was, was trying, rough. He was trying to channel his inner Herbert. That's what he was really <laughs> trying to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs>